0: On today's story session, a collection of tales about how sometimes the dumbest guy wins. This is The Simpleton. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Welcome to the Story Sessions, the podcast about how brutally dark and totally insane folk tales and fairy tales used to be. Which, in my opinion, just made them way better. So we're going through the original versions of Grimm's Fairy Tales, story by story. We'll figure out the intended lessons and the actual lessons of each story. And afterwards, I'll adapt the tale into a movie or a TV show. This week, however, is going to be a little different. This week, we've got a whole collection of stories collectively titled The Simpleton. Normally I do one story and adapt that story, but this week we're just going to do a story extravaganza. So no adaptation this week, and instead just wall-to-wall story going to knock this, this whole collection out in one go. So let's get right to it with the first story of the Simpleton Collection, titled The White Dove. More fucking birds. We begin. There was once a splendid pear tree that stood in front of a king's castle, and each year it produced the most beautiful fruit. However, as soon as the pears became ripe, they were taken that very night, and nobody knew who the thief was. Okay, well, the tree is right in front of the castle. They should just be able to post a couple guards out there and solve this conundrum pretty easily. Now, the king had three sons, and the youngest among them was considered simple-minded, and was called Simpleton. Pretty rude of everyone, really. The oldest was ordered by the king to guard the tree for one year, so that the thief could be caught. Why give him the time period of a whole year? The pear tree is only going to bear ripe fruit in the spring, right? And that's when the shit gets stolen. Kind of pointless. To send him out any earlier or later than that. Just send him out there in March and be like, stay here every night until you get the guy. The one-year thing is a total waste of time. And I'm guessing, come winter, this guy's gonna be pissed. He did this and watched every night. Soon, the fruit was in full bloom and was full of fruit. And as the pears began to turn ripe, he kept watch even more diligently. Well, yeah, it was pointless to even watch at all up until this point, buddy. So, man, I guess don't fuck this up now that it actually matters. But I bet he does. Finally, the pears were completely ripe and were to be picked the next day. However, on the last night, the king's son became drowsy and fell asleep. And when he awoke, every single one of the pears was gone. Only the leaves were left. Alright, guys, why didn't they just harvest them immediately when they became ripe? They literally said that all of the fruit was ripe. Why are they then like, let's pick them all tomorrow? What are the pear pickers super booked up? And they're overbooked, so the king has to wait? We also now know that they basically all ripened at the same time. So they really only needed to watch the tree on this one single night this guy watching the tree every night for a year was totally pointless. I mean, if they decided not to pick the pears because they were hoping to catch the thief, just get like a dozen guards to all watch the tree on this one night. Why are you half-assing this now? Or better yet, they say this tree is in front of the king's castle. Build a fucking big fence or wall around it so nobody can get in. Maybe try something like this. Just make a door in the wall with a heavy lock. There are so many more effective solutions to this problem than what they ultimately went with. We continue. Then, the king commanded the second son to keep watch for a year. However, he didn't fare any better than his older brother. On the last night, he couldn't fend off sleep, and the next morning, all the pears had been picked. (laughs) So they made this guy watch the tree for an entire year again. (laughs) Look, guys, we know when the thief strikes, just concentrate your efforts on that very short time frame. Oh man, finally, the king ordered Simpleton to keep watch for a year. You know, it's pretty rich of these guys to be calling anyone Simpleton when they're clearly not very sharp themselves. I mean, they've made absolutely no progress whatsoever in two years on what is a very simple problem. That has been solved by every farmer ever. And doesn't the king have anyone else at his disposal besides his three kids? He's a king. Shouldn't he be able to throw, like, as many guards and watchmen and resources at this problem as he wants to? Or is he just a super broke-ass king with a really shitty kingdom that's just that's just his three sons and him? And maybe their castle is just a little hut, and they don't even know how to build a fence around the tree. This is This is coming off... Like a pretty pretty sad operation. We continue. Everyone at the king's court laughed at this. Okay, so he's got a whole court, and they're all laughing that they, they put Simpleton up to this. Again, real rude, guys. Nevertheless, Simpleton kept watch, and in the last night, he resisted sleep and saw how a white dove came and carried off the pears one by one. Okay, I'm sorry. I was under the impression there was some sort of magic to explain why the first two sons fell asleep the night the pairs got picked. But no, apparently they just fucking fell asleep. (laughs) All right, well, maybe if they'd been allowed to sleep normally for the preceding year, they would have been able to stay more alert on the one night where that shit actually mattered. And I don't know why people are acting like simpleton- couldn't possibly accomplish this task while they're laughing at him. The task is literally just staying awake. It doesn't require intelligence. It's not based on smarts. It's just staying awake. Anyway, so this white dove is carrying off the pairs one by one. Well, I guess now we know that the wall or fence wouldn't have worked. In any event, we continue. As the dove made off with the last one... Wait, he's just watching the dove carry every pair away? (laughs) That would have taken a while. Call someone. Do something. What the hell, buddy? Alright, Simpleton is starting to seem more appropriate now. Yeah, this guy's pretty dumb. As the dove made off with the last one, Simpleton stood up and followed it to the top of a high mountain, where it disappeared into a crack. Along the cliffs, Simpleton looked around him, and suddenly, a little gray man was standing next to him. "'God bless you,' said Simpleton." Did he sneeze or something? "'God has already blessed me in this very moment through your words,' answered the little gray man. "'You have released me from a magic spell.'" (laughs) "'How?' "'He just said God bless you for no reason.'" Now, if you climb down the cliff, your fortune will be made. Alright, well that is super convenient. So Simpleton climbed down the rocks. Many steps led him to the bottom, where he saw the white dove trapped and entangled in a spider's web. When the bird caught sight of him, it ripped through the web, and after the last thread had been torn, a beautiful princess stood before him. Okay? Okay. Simpleton had also released her from a spell. All right, great, don't know how again. And she became his wife, and he a rich king who ruled his country with wisdom. The end. What? That is nothing. (laughs) First off, who the fuck was that guy, the little gray man? And what spell was he under? And how did Simpleton sing... That one thing, God bless you, which again was unprompted and made no sense in that moment, how did that release this man from this magic spell? I am infinitely more interested in that guy's story of being cursed in this mountain than I was about this fucking pear tree and three idiot brothers. And how is this guy then able to free the princess, who was a dove? And why is she caught in a spider web? Why was she cut on the spiderweb after taking all the pears? Apparently she does that every year. Does she just then stay on the spiderweb for the rest of the year? Where did all the pears go? Why does her seeing this random idiot who followed her compel her in bird form to thrash so wildly and rip through the web? Wouldn't she have been able to do that? Anyway, she just ripped through the web on her own. And what spell was she under? Again, I would be so much more interested in how this princess was cursed and turned into a bird, and why that bird steals the pears from this one tree every year. Man, and how did Simpleton release her? All he did was walk down there and look at her. And then how did this relate to him becoming a rich king? None of the shit in this story logically leads to the stuff that then happens. Simpleton isn't particularly deserving of what he gets. He just stays awake and then says, God bless you, to a random guy for no reason. Man, maybe the lesson is just trying to say, just stay focused on the tasks you're given and be nice to people. And then from that, good things will happen, which is a fine lesson. But I think this is exaggerating a bit. If people are putting their expectations for for doing those things as you'll become a rich king. Man, and how, how do you think his family reacted when he came back with a princess and was like, hey, so you know the pears? Yeah, a dove was taking them. You would think that pears would be too heavy for a dove to to steal one by one and carry back to a mountain. But no, it did. And oh, by the way, that dove was this princess. But she transformed back because I lifted the curse. So she's going to stay a princess now. Also, we're going to get married. Also, there was this guy in the mountain. I don't really know if he's still up there, but he's kind of irrelevant at this point. So anyway, hey guys, princess, dove, yep, solved it. You know they're not going to believe it. They're just going to think he randomly found this woman because he failed. And this is his bullshit story to cover his tracks they already think he's like the dumbest guy in the kingdom they're gonna talk to that princess and be like hey are you okay did did he kidnap you what the hell happened all right first story of the simpleton collection the white dove moving on to the next one titled the queen bee and you know what i just read it and it's actually extremely similar to a story that i've already covered called hair fix it up I think that was episode 14 or so, except her Fix It Up was actually a way more entertaining version. The only difference in this version is that there are three brothers all together, and the youngest is called Simpleton, and he's the one who does all the good stuff. While his brothers are aggressive assholes. But if you haven't listened to that episode, just go listen to that version of the story. Hair fix it up. It's better. It's way better. So I'm just gonna go ahead and skip Queen Bee, and we go on to the third tale of the Simpleton Collection. A story titled, The Three Feathers. So I guess, we're back to birds. We begin. Once upon a time, there was a king who decided to send his three sons off into the world. Whoever would bring him the finest woven linen was to take over the realm after his death. What a stupid fucking test to determine the future ruler of a realm. (laughs) Maybe this king is just super over it, and he's getting old and just wants to spend every day in bed, but he hates his sheets, so he's like, whoever brings me the nicest sheets can be king. I I don't care, just get out of here. We continue... Consequently, he went outside in front of the castle and blew three feathers into the air so that they would know in what direction they should go, and he told each one to follow the flight of his feather. Well, now it's not even an accurate test of who will be able to solve this problem most effectively. It's just down to who follows the feather that happens to fly in the direction of the town where they make nice sheets, and should the king know where they make the best linens? This feather thing is just unnecessary, but I guess the story needs to make sure they split up and have different adventures. So here we go. One feather flew to the west and was followed by the eldest son. The next flew to the east and was followed by the second son. However, the third feather flew and fell on a stone, not far from the palace. <laughs> so the third son, the simpleton, had to remain behind. What the fuck? Okay, well, the first two brothers' feathers didn't just take off and fly infinitely to the west and east and never fall, I'm assuming. It's just that, because that's impossible. Surely the feather test was only meant to determine the direction they would each go. It'd be fucking ridiculous to limit your search to where the feather lands, just between where you stand and where it lands. Also, this test makes no sense, because wind doesn't blow... Multiple directions at the same time. That's not how wind works. Guys, every fucking feather would have just flown in the same direction. All right, I don't know. I'm not going to pick this apart Well I am. All right, we continue. His two brothers made fun of him and said that he should search for the linen beneath the stone. Man, every one of these Simpleton stories, his brothers are just dicks to him as well. Meanwhile, Simpleton sat down on the stone and wept. And as he swayed back and forth, the stone slid away, and beneath it was a marble slab with a ring on top. So Simpleton lifted the slab and discovered some stairs that led below. (laughs) All right, well, this worked out super well. Let me guess, there's somebody making linens in this random secret hole in the ground, because that makes sense. So he went down and came to a subterranean vault, where he found a maiden sitting and weaving flax. Yup, of course. Why wouldn't a lady in a subterranean cave be making linens? She asked him why his eyes were so wet from tears, and he revealed his sorrows to her and told her that he had to find the finest woven linen and had not been able to set out and search for it. Then the maiden reeled off her yarn, and all at once he saw the most splendid woven linen, and she told him to bring it up to his father. When he came up from the ground, he had already been gone for a long time, and his brothers had just returned, and thought that they had surely brought the finest woven linen back to their father. What took him so long? Down in, in the fucking hole? He literally would just walk down some stairs, had a super short conversation, and came back up. Meanwhile, his brothers rode off in different directions and had to locate linen in that particular direction. That would have taken a while, possibly days. Man, okay, this is evidence that this guy is actually pretty stupid if it took him so long to deal with those stairs. He's getting lost on staircases, yeah, might might be worthy of the name Simpleton. Taking some liberties with the timeline here, though, for plot convenience. And I guess the brothers' feathers never touched the ground the entire time. We continue. However, after each one of them showed their linen, simpletons turned out to be much finer, and the realm would have been his. But the two brothers were not satisfied and insisted that their father set another condition. So the king demanded the mo- Wait, the two brothers who failed can just be like, we lost, so let's do another one? (laughs) No, you lost. it, hell. I mean, to be honest, though, it is kind of bullshit that Simpleton won. He did pretty much nothing. He didn't search. He didn't look. He did nothing. That win was handed to him through no ingenuity of his own. So while I don't like that the brothers were assholes to him, he still doesn't deserve the win here. But to be honest, that's irrelevant because this entire system of tests is not rational in any way to determine the next ruler of an entire realm. We continue. So the king demanded the most beautiful carpet, and once again (laughs) blew three feathers into the air, and the third fell on the stone again. Why does this king want linens and carpets? Is his castle just horribly decorated or something? Is he just looking for a redesign of the interior? Shouldn't he be asking them to bring back as much gold as possible, or weapons, or something that's useful to a kingdom. I mean, that's also a verifiable metric. Someone can win, like, the most gold. Best carpet is totally subjective, and also totally fucking stupid, and the feather landed on the stone again. A well, good thing it's another textile, so that poor woman who lives under a fucking rock can make it Who the hell is she, by the way? What's her story? Why does she live under a rock? Why does she weave textiles? And how does she feel about this random asshole coming down and taking the things that she's making? Because I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that the lady living under a rock making carpets isn't doing super great and probably needs the belongings that she has. (laughs) Man, we continue So Simpleton was prevented from setting out while the others went to the east and west. Simpleton lifted the stone and went down to the vault again and found the maiden weaving a marvelously beautiful carpet out of blazing colors. And when she was done, she said, I made this for you. Carry it up to your father. No one in the world will have such a magnificent carpet. Alright, at this point, Simpleton should just be like, Who the hell are you? And also, how did she know what he would need? How did she hear about that when she literally lives under a rock? And she said, I made this for you. So uh, maybe she's obsessed with him now. <laughs> maybe she was all alone down there, and then this guy showed up, and he's the only person she knows. So she's obsessed with him now. I I don't know. I don't know this lady's deal, but she's starting to seem just as weird as Simpleton. We continue. So he appeared before his father and once again surpassed his brothers, who had brought the most beautiful carpets from many different countries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> many different countries. That must have taken a long time for them to go get those carpets. Meanwhile, Simpson was probably back by lunch the same day that he left. Fucking hell. You'd also think that people would see him go down into the fucking ground beneath the rock that the feather fell on, right? Can't imagine a scenario in which he'd be able to do that in complete secrecy. Oh man, who knows? We continue. And they insisted again that their father set another condition as to who would inherit the realm. And the king now demanded... Again, these guys are super sore losers, but also not wrong. Simpleton is doing nothing to earn this shit. And the king now demanded that they must bring the most beautiful woman back home. The feathers were blown once more, and Simpleton's landed on the stone. Alright, what's going on here? What are the fucking odds that if you release three separate feathers on three different occasions, that the third one would land on the same rock? Every single time. This is ridiculous. If you're the other brothers at this point, you're just going to be like, how is Simpleton getting all this beautiful shit when he can't even go past that rock? We got to keep an eye on him. Or, or at least, if the tests were fair, then each brother would go a different direction for each task, right? Because if one of them could win the tasks, regardless of which hand they're dealt, then that actually makes sense to give that person the win, because that means they're triumphing no matter what the circumstances. But simpleton just keeps getting a ticket to the magic rock that just gives him the exact thing that he needs. There's no there's no righteousness in that victory. There's no pride. There's nothing to be proud of here. He's he's not accomplishing the task at hand. He's just being given the win here. Man, alright, so he went beneath the ground and complained to the maiden how his, father, he's complaining, how his father had once more set a difficult condition. But the maiden said that she would gladly help him. All he had to do was go farther into the vault, and he would find the most beautiful woman in the world. Huh. You know, I was expecting her to be the most beautiful woman in the world. Also, that's kind of rude, right? He goes down there and talks to this woman who's been super helpful to him so far, and he's like, damn it, I've got to find a beautiful woman. What am I going to do? And she's like, oh, I'm sure there's a beautiful woman around here somewhere. Man, what a dick. Simpleton went down the vault and came to a room glimmering and flickering with gold and Jewels. But instead of a beautiful woman, there was a nasty frog sitting in the middle. The frog called out to him. Embrace me and immerse yourself. (laughs) Is this this frog telling him they should bang it out? So Simpleton grabbed hold of the frog and carried it above to a pond, where he jumped into the water with the frog. Hey, uh uh-uh, he's only allowed to go to the rock and back. Them's the feather rules, buddy. He is cheating by finding a pond. (laughs) Uh, However, no sooner did they touch the water than he held the most beautiful woman in his arms. Then they climbed out of the water, and he brought her to his father. And she was a thousand times more beautiful than the women whom the other princes had brought with them. Hey, that's pretty rude to the other two ladies. Again, this is a totally subjective thing to judge. What does the frog lady even think about this? Who the hell is she? What does she want? Does she, does she even exist like as a sentient person, or is she literally just like a frog in human form? And who are the other two? The other two women should be pissed. Princes show up and took them back to their castle just for them to be told That this girl who was a frog like five minutes ago is a thousand times more beautiful than them. I mean, yeah, sure, you can't compete with magic. I'd say simpleton has to lose on a technicality for that one, because he brought a frog that just transformed into the shape of a woman. It's a magical creature, not a human woman. So it's not the most beautiful woman. Simpleton should lose. Who am I kidding? These stories don't give a shit about the women or what they want. As far as a lot of these stories are concerned, they're property who have no thoughts or emotions and solely exist to be judged on their looks. Super fucked up aspect about these old folk tales. We continue. Once again, the realm would have belonged to Simpleton, but the two brothers made a racket and demanded that whoever's beautiful woman could jump up to the ring that was hanging in the middle of the hall, should inherit the realm. (laughs) Fucking hell. Again, these guys refuse to admit defeat. This is ridiculous at this point. Also, now they're creating some sort of kidnapped woman Olympics? Like, what the fuck is this? They're like, the woman I kidnapped can jump way higher than the woman you kidnapped. Whoever's kidnapped woman can jump higher gets to be king. That's the new contest. To be clear, the jumping woman won't be king, we will. They only exist as an extension of us, not as their own distinct people, obviously. That would be ludicrous. I mean, look at them, that's not a person, that's boobs with legs, we're super smart men who come up with super smart ideas for how to determine the line of succession. Alright ladies, start jumping and we'll tell you when to stop. This kingdom is a fucking mess. We continue. The eldest son's woman could jump only halfway. The second son's woman jumped a bit higher. But the third son's woman jumped right up to the ring. And I wonder if after she did that, Simpleton leaned over and was like, she used to be a frog. So the two elder brothers finally had to agree that Simpleton would inherit the realm after their father's death. And when the father died, Simpleton became king, and ruled with wisdom for a long time. The end. How is that the end? How is that the end? What the hell happened to the frog woman? Or the other two women? I mean, after Kidnapped Woman Olympics, did the princes and king just, like, wander off, leaving the three women in that room? And they were just like, do we live here now? Should we go back home? What's happening? And then they turned to the women who won and she just stares back, and then her tongue shoots out of her mouth like a frog and smacks the other two in the face, and she hops out the door. Man, the biggest question, though, what about the lady under the rock? <laughs> like, she literally solved every problem for Simpleton, and then they don't mention her at all. So we can only assume that Simpleton never returned or ever saw her again. <laughs> she just He just left her down there. What the fuck, Simpleton? You know what? Simpleton is an asshole. He just uses these women and then does nothing in return. Fuck this guy. What an awful hero. Again, he never actually achieves anything based on his own efforts or his own merit or his own ingenuity or abilities. So really, that lady under the rock should be the ruler of this realm. But Simpleton, who is already a prince and super privileged, is just taking credit for her many accomplishments for his own gain. Fucking hell, if we're being honest, I'm sure that has happened with many women throughout history. So that's going to be our first actual lesson here, of course. Women and many other people and demographics of people have been overlooked and taken advantage of and exploited by entitled assholes and then thrown aside when they're no longer useful or the entitled person has gotten what they wanted. So there's only one more story left in this simpleton saga, and it is called The Golden Goose. I mean, Okay, at this point... The bird theme has to be intentional, right? But but then again, the second story was called Queen Bee, and there were ducks in that story, so if they wanted to keep the bird theme, they could have. The fact that they they didn't kinda makes me think, maybe they're as obsessed with birds as it seems, and they don't even realize it. Who knows? These are these are folktales, and back in those times birds would probably seem super magical and mysterious. So it makes sense, I suppose, that they're that they're a focus of these folktales. Alright. Here we go, The Golden Goose. Once upon a time, there was a man who had three sons. However, the youngest was a simpleton. I don't like that it's always the youngest who's simpleton. I mean, sure, the simpleton keeps winning, but why is it always the youngest that they're calling the stupid one? And yes, I'm a youngest child, if you can't tell. (laughs) The youngest one that they're calling simpleton does always come out on top. Maybe they aren't a Simpleton, but actually brilliant, and the other close-minded assholes are too blind to see it. And I wish I could say that were true, but Simpleton's triumphs thus far have been entirely based on luck, and he does seem pretty stupid in every story so far, and I'll bet that holds up in this last story too. One day, the eldest son said, "'Father, I want to go into the forest and chop wood.'" Let it be, the father said, otherwise you'll come home with a bandaged arm. Damn, this father doesn't trust his oldest son to chop wood without injuring himself? And they think the youngest son is the stupid one? Man, that that, that does not bode well for this family in general. Just a whole family full of morons. We continue. But the son didn't pay attention to his father and thought he knew how to take care of himself. He put some cake in his pocket and went into the forest, where he met a little old gray man. Hey, another appearance of little old gray man, who said, I'm so hungry, give me a piece of cake that you have in your pocket. However, the clever son responded, Why should I give you a piece of my cake? Then I'll have nothing for myself. Get out of here. Why do they call him the Clever Son? His father doesn't think he's capable of chopping wood without seriously hurting himself. And he thinks cake is a suitable lunch while doing manual labor. And this random old guy in the woods psychically knew that he had cake in his pocket. Take a minute and think about how this guy knew that, Clever Son. Obviously there's some shit going on here, buddy. Let's not throw around the word clever so liberally. Okay? Okay. Okay. The son went off with his axe and began to chop down a tree. It didn't take long, however, for him to make a slip with the axe, and he cut himself in the arm. So he had to go home and have his arm bandaged. This was all because of the little old gray man. Okay, so it was all because of the little old gray man? Because the father said this would happen, too. So does that mean that the father knows about the old gray man? Maybe every single time someone goes to chop wood, this happens, and the father has never thought to give the old man some cake, so even the father has injured himself every single time he's gone to chop wood, and he just thinks that the forest is cursed, and fuck that little old gray man. All right, I know I'm really overthinking this, and it's not that deep, but I'm trying to make it make sense, guys, even though none of these stories really have any intention of making sense, but I like to anyway. We continue. Some time later, the second son went into the forest, where the little man asked him for a piece of cake, too. He also refused, and consequently struck himself in the leg so that he had to be carried home. Wait, who carried him? Who carried him home? Was it the little old gray man? Shit. Finally, Simpleton went out into the forest, and the little man spoke to him just as he had to the others, and asked for a piece of cake. You can have the entire thing, said Simpleton, and gave it to him. Then the little man spoke. Chop this tree down, and you'll find something. Simpleton began hacking away, and when the tree fell, a golden goose was sitting there. He took the bird with him and went to an inn where he wanted to spend the night. Wait, why why is he going to an inn? Why didn't he just go back home? And wasn't... Wasn't he going to chop wood to bring back home? Wasn't that the point? Why didn't he bring back any wood? He just grabbed the goose and goes straight to a hotel? I think he's trying to fuck this goose. He didn't want to stay in the large room. Rather, he wanted a room for himself alone. Alright, yeah, he definitely wants to fuck this goose, guys. Once there, he set the goose down in the middle of the room. The innkeeper's daughters had seen the goose and were curious and would have liked to have had a feather from the goose. Then, the eldest daughter said, I'll go upstairs, and if I don't return soon, then come after me. Huh, that's actually very safe of her to tell them where she's going, and to come after her if she's not back soon. I mean, it'd be safer to just not go alone, or not go at all. But these stories are pretty bad in the safety department all around, so even this is is pretty major progress in that department. We continue. Upon saying this, she went to the goose, but no sooner did she touch the feather than she found herself attached to the goose. Now, since she didn't come back downstairs, the second sister went to look after her, and as soon as she saw the goose, she couldn't resist the desire to pluck a feather, the eldest sister tried her best to warn her not to do this, but nothing helped. Man, is this goose really that irresistible? This girl sees her sister, already stuck to the goose, screaming, Don't touch it. Sister, don't. You, you will get stuck, too. I don't know what black cursed magic this is, but run. Save yourself. And this girl's just like, I'm gonna touch it. I'm. Where? Where is Simpleton? While this is happening, is he somewhere else? Is he just in the room? Just watching all of this silently like a psychopath? Man, we continue. Her sister grabbed hold of the goose and was soon attached to the feather. Now, after the third sister had waited long enough, she finally went upstairs and her sisters called out to her and warned her for heaven's sake not to come near the goose. However, she didn't listen to them and was set on having one of the feathers, and got stuck to it. Alright, so I guess none of these daughters is the simpleton of the family who everything works out for. I don't like how this is shaping up, though. We got three women stuck to this goose in simpleton's room. Is, is the goose sitting still, or is the goose walking around, and these three girls all have to waddle around with it? It's just a goose, though, so couldn't they just carry it? Around wherever they go? If they're stuck to the goose, then that means the goose is stuck to them, too. Can't they just carry it and go downstairs, and the goose is basically theirs now? I don't know. Unclear. Maybe the goose weighs a million pounds because it's a magic goose. They Unclear. All of this is not answered. We continue. The next morning, Simpleton took the goose in his arm and went off. What the fuck? So Simpleton has done nothing to help them and is now kidnapping these three women. (laughs) What the hell is wrong with you? Man, he is a psychopath, and a criminal. Now, can nobody hear their cries for help, which I'm assuming they're screaming at the top of their lungs as they go through this hotel and leave? There's no way they just go willingly. And they were stuck to the goose all night long. Did they just sleep there? Because Simpleton was definitely there. What happened in that room? Oh, no, never mind. Do not answer that. The three daughters were tightly attached to the goose and had to follow him. When they came to a field, they met the parson, who cried out at them, Fooey, naughty girls, what are you doing running after this young fellow, in public no less? Shame on you. Man, so this guy is kidnapping these women, and this religious guy is blaming the female victims? Actually, yeah, sadly, that does track, historically speaking. Upon saying this, he grabbed one of the girls by the hand and tried to yank her away. However, as soon as he touched her, he became stuck to her and now had to run along behind them. <laughs> what is going on here? And why isn't Sybilton saying anything to anyone? He's just silently carrying around this death trap of a goose "'Collecting people, like, just, yes, more victims for my goose.'" "'Jesus, shortly after this happened, the sexton came and cried out, "'Hey, Parson, where are you off to in such a hurry? "'We still have a christening today.'" "'The sexton ran up to him, grabbed him by the arm, and became attached. "'As the five of them marched one after the other after Simpleton, two farmers with their hoes came from the field.'" The parson called them over to help detach themselves. But no sooner did they touch the sexton than they got stuck, and so now there were seven who ran after Simpleton with the goose. Where is Simpleton going? What's going through his head right now? What is his goal? He's definitely not bringing back any fucking firewood, I can tell you that. Seems like his goal now is just to cause chaos throughout the realm. He's like, they called me stupid. Now the will suffer at the hands of my beautiful goose. <laughs> Soon he came to a city ruled by a king who had a daughter so serious that nobody could get her to laugh. Consequently, the king issued a decree declaring that whoever made the princess laugh would have her for his bride. When Simpleton heard this, he went to the king's daughter and took along the goose with the group of people attached to the bird. As soon as the princess saw this parade, she began to laugh boisterously and couldn't stop. Therefore, Simpleton demanded to have her for his bride, but the king made all kinds of excuses. (laughs) Ah, super surprising that the king wasn't really cool about this and said Simpleton would first have to bring him a man who could drink up All the wine in a cellar. That's a terrible thing to make Simpleton do. I mean, that means Simpleton is just going to have to bring people there to come drink the king's wine. Why would he make that the condition? Also, he's the king. He doesn't have to give him another task. He can just be like, I don't know what you're doing with these people, but you're clearly dragging them around against their will, and that's kidnapping. So you're in prison now, and you're definitely not marrying my daughter. Goodbye forever. Boom. Problem solved. These kings don't know how to run shit. We continue. So Simpleton went into the forest to the spot where he had chopped down the tree, and he saw a man sitting there with a sad face. So Simpleton asked him what had caused him to have such a heavy heart. "'Oh, I am so thirsty and can't get enough to drink. I've already emptied a barrel of wine.' But that's only like a drop on a hot stone. Well, I can help you, Simpleton said. Come with me, you'll be able to drink until you are full. Well, isn't this convenient? Yet again, Simpleton is just having all of his problems solved by someone else. At least he did a nice thing and gave an old man a piece of cake, I guess. That at least showed some generosity. Most of the Simpleton stories don't even have that. But I'd say kidnapping seven people kind of puts him back into the negative Morally speaking, though, I don't think giving a guy cake one time means you're a good person if you then kidnap seven fucking people. So yet again, I am rooting against Simpleton here. I am on the side of the poor people he kidnapped. Hopefully, he's feeding them, at least. I don't know what's going on with them now. Simpleton led him to the king's cellar, and the man set to work on the large barrels. He drank and drank until his lips began to hurt him, and before the day was over, he had drunk up everything in the cellar. Man, and I'll bet the king seriously regretted giving him this particular task to accomplish, because now all of his wine is gone. But then again, maybe the king has an alcohol problem and is just trying to quit, so he's like, I need to get rid of all this wine, just wh- what, what do I do? I mean, he could just give it away and throw a party for a whole village or something, which would be much more generous and make a lot of people happy, instead of concocting a weird situation in which some magical, insatiable, wine-guzzling monster drinks it all. Even if Simpleton brought back a normal drunk, he still would have drunk a bunch of that wine for no reason. It's a stupid plan. It's a stupid, stupid plan, King. Now Simpleton demanded his bride, but the king was annoyed that a common fellow whom everyone called Simpleton should carry off his daughter. And so he set a new condition. Simpleton had to produce a man who could eat a mountain of bread. (sighs) Okay. Okay. If you've got a mountain of bread, use it to feed people. You could feed an entire city with that shit. You could feed an entire country with a mountain of bread. Even if Simpleton brought back someone who failed this task, they'd still have to make the mountain of bread. It doesn't matter which way you look at this, it's going to be super wasteful and pointless. No matter what happens. (laughs) We continue. So Simpleton returned to the forest, and there was a man sitting at the spot of the tree that he had cut down, and this man was tightening a belt around his waist and making an awful face. I've eaten an oven full of coarse bread, but what good is that when I'm still enormously hungry? I don't feel a thing in my body and must tighten my belt if I'm not to die of hunger. As soon as Simpleton heard this, he was cheerful and said, Get up and come with me. You'll eat until you're full. Ugh, I hate them all. Simpleton led the man to the king who had all the flour of the entire kingdom gathered and baked into an enormous Mountain, See, so wasteful. And what are they going to do after they've made all this bread? Now nobody has any flour in the whole kingdom. So a lot of people are probably going to die. Oh, God. But the man from the forest took a place in front of it, and he caused the entire mountain to vanish in a day and a night. Fuck it. What's going to happen to these insatiable monster people after they finish these tasks for Simpleton? Because it doesn't say that they vanish or anything. So that means that because of Simpleton, these monsters have been unleashed on the world and they'll just go around eating everyone's food and drinking everyone's wine forever. Theoretically, these are literal monsters that have been unleashed on this poor kingdom. And they're already starting at a place where, where they're completely out of flour, so Simpleton has decimated the food supply of this kingdom. And now now there's a monster who will eat any food that they do make from here on out, so Simpleton has doomed these people completely and entirely. Fuck this guy. Once again, Simpleton asked for his bride, but the king sought a way out again and demanded a ship that could sail on water and on land. If he produced this ship, then he could have the princess right away. Just stop giving him new tasks, people. <laughs> just say just say he can't have your daughter and tell him to fuck off. You're the king. Also, what's going on with the kidnapped people? Because I am very much still worried about them. <laughs> and it kind of feels like Simpleton is just moving on and forgetting about them. And it doesn't seem like they have a way to survive or free themselves from that that terrible, horrible, disgusting goose, which is gonna die at some point, and then they're all just attached to a dead goose. Every day must be hell for these people, doing everything with one hand, having to bathe and go to the bathroom in the company of six other people and a goose. I'm sure their lives are utterly ruined. Fuck, Simpleton is just destroying the lives of everyone in this kingdom. We continue, so Simpleton went into the forest once more and met the little gray man to whom he had given his cake. I've drunk and eaten for you, the little man said, and now I'll give you the ship. I'm giving you all this because you were so kind and took pity on me. This is not a proportional reward, little old gray man. He did one nice thing. And now you are performing unbelievable, impossible acts to help him bring hunger and misery to an entire kingdom of innocent people. This is not a proportional response, little old gray man. Stop helping him. (laughs) Jesus. So he gave Simpleton the ship that sailed on land and on water. And when the king saw this, he could no longer prevent him from marrying his daughter. They they did not explain at all the mechanics of how this ship works that can sail on all the stuff. Then the wedding was celebrated, and Simpleton inherited the realm and lived a long time happily with his wife. The end. That's the end. There's zero mention of the poor people that Simpleton kidnapped. That is horrifying, because we can't assume he freed them. Once he used them to make the princess laugh, he just completely forgot about them. (laughs) It doesn't mention him bringing them along with him when he goes back to the tree and stuff. So we we have to assume he just casts them aside. Man, what a terrible person. The whole goose thing is literally just a way of getting to the king. And having the king owe him the princess's hand in marriage. And he only learns about the princess after he's already kidnapped all those people. So, that means he was just wandering around kidnapping people for no reason whatsoever. He just thought it was fun. And then he heard about the princess never laughing and was like, well, this horrifying collection of terrified people I've kidnapped is pretty funny. I'll show her that. Man, he sees this group of terrified people trapped on his goose against their will and he thinks it's hilarious. So hilarious that it can make someone who's never laughed erupt in laughter. That right there is all you need to know to know that he's horrible. To know that he's a horrible, evil psychopath. He's not a kind fellow who gives his cake to an old man. This is who he is. Evil kidnapper. And then he drags these people to the princess. She laughs. And then he throws his kidnapping victims away to live out their lives in misery. Man, those poor three sisters. And then he proceeds to do all the horrible things we talked about to the kingdom. It is terrifying that the two rulers of this kingdom, Simpleton and the princess, are the type of people who think seven miserable kidnapping victims is hilarious. That does not bode well for that kingdom. (laughs) And I I think this particular simpleton in this story, even though he did one nice thing for the old gray man, is actually the worst simpleton of any of the simpletons from any of the stories. He destroys an entire kingdom's food supply and ruins at least... Seven people's lives. And those people's families, I'm assuming, ruins their lives as well. That innkeeper lost all three of his daughters at once. And now, there's nothing he can do about it, because the guy who kidnapped his daughters became king. (laughs) That's another thing. Why does it say he inherits the realm? Shouldn't the princess have inherited the realm, and he's her consort, or whatever? Or maybe even she marries him and is no longer in line for the throne... Because she married a guy who's not royal? I don't know. Either way, both of them are sadistic psychopaths, and the people of this kingdom are destined for famine and torture at their hands. And that's on top of those two insatiable monsters that he released to roam free. And these poor, poor people. And that will do it for this week's story session. (laughs) Wall-to-wall stories this week. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Come on back next week for a story titled "All Fur, All Fur." Maybe we're finally moving on from Hot Bird Fall, or we're getting some some fur in the mix so we can leave the feathers behind, which would be appropriate going into winter. Come on back next week for All Fur. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions.